Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Padgett here and on this week's show I'm doing a solo episode where I want to share with you how to get the best feedback on your logo design work. But before we dive into that I want to thank FreshBooks who have sponsored this episode. FreshBooks is a cloud-based accounting software that's been designed for creative professionals that will allow you to create, customize and send branded professional looking invoices in about 30 seconds. And a core feature is that your clients can pay directly from those invoices too using FreshBooks payments, making it easier for your clients to pay so they should pay faster too. As a listener of the Logo Geek podcast, you can get a free 30-day trial just by heading to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek and enter Logo Geek in how did you hear about a section. So on this week's episode, as mentioned, I want to discuss at length the most effective way to ask for feedback to receive the most helpful, most actionable feedback possible. Having run the Logo Geek community now for about three years, I've been able to see what's worked really well and what hasn't. In contrast, I've also had clients of mine who have uh, gone ahead and shared the logo that I've designed for them with friends and family and see what kind of feedback comes back uh, when it's not done the right way. So I hope this episode will also be helpful to uh, clients as well as other graphic designers. So the main thing we want to avoid in every scenario is subjective feedback. And I think that really starts with how you present your designs to your client or how you approach asking friends or family what they think about design. So one of the first things I really want to stress is that it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of the design that you've done. What someone thinks about design is irrelevant. So with any area of design, never ask anyone, what do you think? And I'll try to explain what I mean so that you understand. With any area of design, especially logo design, we're not creating a pretty picture. We're not creating a piece of art. I mean, we are, but that's not the main goal. We're creating a functional piece of design an object that's carefully designed to capture an aesthetic that represents who the business is, an object that's designed to compete with a specific range of other products and services, and it's an object that's carefully designed to attract a very specific audience. On top of that, with logo design in particular, there's a functional side of this too. For example, a logo needs to be versatile, So it needs to work effectively as a tiny social media icon. And that same logo also needs to work on a website, on a building, clothing, vehicles, products. That list goes on and it varies based on the uh, business and their specific criteria. So my point is a logo and anything else you ever design has been designed with intent. If you're good at what you do, every single element of that design has been carefully thought through. There's a reason for every line, every curve, every color, the overall personality of it, the detail in it, or lack of detail. So if you ask someone what they think, they're going to tell you 
And in most cases, as everyone has an opinion, that feedback and the, the thoughts from that person that you will receive by asking that question will, in most cases, never be helpful to you. That type of feedback is subjective because it's personal to them. And in most cases, as I've stressed, that subjective personal feedback is irrelevant to you. Now, I want to explain this further with a nice example that I use frequently to get my point across to the average person. So imagine I put a stapler down on the desk in front of you. I then ask, what do you think? So imagine that for a second. You pick that stapler up. Tell me, what, what do you think of that stapler? You'll definitely have something to say. You're going to have things about it that you like and things that you don't like about it. I don't like black, it's boring. I'd prefer if this was green. I don't like how mechanical this feels. I don't like the shape of this. I prefer it to be a little bit smaller. It's quite clunky in my hand. I just don't really like it. So you basically got what you asked for. By asking what you think, you come away with what I think, which is my personal subjective opinion on that stapler. And the same thing happens in the design world. You ask your client, friend, family member, what they think of the design that you spent hours on, and you got a list of things that they like and a list of things that they don't like and a list of things that they think can be improved upon. And in the design world, a lot of us will then take all of that feedback and make updates. So who's gone wrong here? Is it the client being an idiot and giving you terrible feedback? Or is it the designer presenting their work in the wrong way and asking the wrong questions? I'll let you make your own mind up on that. For comparison, I'm going to present the stapler to you in a different way. And for the sake of this, I'm going to pretend that you requested me design a stapler for you. So I hold the stapler up to you. Based on our original discussion, you required a device that could permanently clip multiple pieces of paper together. You needed it to be low cost and to be manufactured on a mass scale. What I'm presenting you today here is the solution. I created a device that sits comfortably in your hand I've added a spring-loaded mechanism so that staplers can easily be installed in two steps. We've also used black plastic, which is low cost and research shows that it's gender neutral. So it's ideal for a wide audience. I've also carefully designed the shape of the plastic so that it could be mass produced with no issues. As you can see, this effectively meets the goals that we discussed at the start of the project. So can I have your sign off to proceed to production? So in that case, you have no choice but to agree, do you? Because I have achieved the goals that were set out at the start of the project. That's what business owners care about. They care about the goals. They care about the strategy. They care about the product that you've designed and how it achieves those goals set out. I presented the work by referring back to goals. 
I've I've gone back to the challenges that we faced and I presented how I've been able to solve them in an effective way. So when you present in that way, you'll either get a yes or because we focused on goal fulfillment, you will be provided with very clear objective feedback that will improve that product. Simply by presenting the work in a slightly different way, that conversation is totally different. It's gone from one where everyone's sharing their own personal opinions to be in an intelligent discussion based on business targets and business goals. So to stress as a designer or a client looking for feedback on a logo, never, ever, ever ask, what do you think? Of course, that example is very specific to presenting your work. So what if you're simply asking a friend, family member or community of other designers for feedback on uh, your logo or your uh, graphic design work? Well, that same principle applies. You need to provide context. Like with the stapler example, you need to explain what you're aiming to do and ask if you're effectively solving that. If people know your goals, they'll be able to help you to achieve them. When asking for feedback, you'll get even better responses if you're very specific with the feedback that you're looking for. So if you can focus on one area of that design, that way you'll get feedback on the one area that you need help with. And it also helps people to focus their feedback on the one area that you want to speak about. When working with clients who are seeking feedback, I often recommend that they ask their target audience very specific questions. So for example, if say we had two options, we want to avoid asking which one they prefer, which is subjective and to stress, we don't care about that. We don't want to know subjective opinions. We want specific information. So in instead of asking what they think, we want to ask questions based on the goals of the project. So for example, which of these two designs best represent a forward-thinking accounting business? Which of these two designs feels the most premium to you? How much would you expect each of these companies to cost? Which of these two feel the most friendly and approachable to you? Which of these two feel like a small, trustworthy organization? There's endless questions that you can ask, but if they're geared towards goals of the project, you'll receive helpful, constructive, and useful information that will help you to make the most effective choice on which option will be the stronger solution. Now I want to move on to asking a larger community for feedback, but before I do that, here's a quick note from the sponsor of this episode. I just want to take a short break to thank FreshBooks who has sponsored this season of the podcast. As creators, we like to spend our time creating clever ideas that give value to our clients. But a lot of us spend way too much time running our business, doing things like creating invoices, chasing payments and logging all of our expenses. And that's actually where FreshBooks can help. It's an accounting software designed specifically for creative professionals like you that's so easy to use, you'll save hours each week on all of the time-consuming admin that you're doing. And that means that you have more time to focus on designing logos and brand identities. 
time-saving features in FreshBooks includes creating and sending branded invoices in about 30 seconds. You can set up credit card payments right from your invoices, meaning that your clients can pay faster. And when tax time rolls around, you'll also be able to export tidy reports for expenses, invoice details, and sales tax to make working with an accountant really simple. Right now, I'm offering listeners of the Logo Geek podcast a free 30-day trial of FreshBooks, no credit card required. Just head to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek and enter Logo Geek in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So if you're asking a mass audience for feedback, like that one of the Logo Geek community, where there's 8,000 logo designers from around the world online, your approach will be quite similar to what we've spoken about. But I, I feel it worth expanding upon because I think there's more complexity to this when there's a larger audience. Firstly, and again, avoid asking what people think. Just delete that sentence from your vocabulary as a designer. You, you could live without asking that question. Just because it's a community of other designers, it doesn't change your situation. Everyone, no matter who it is, will have an opinion. And those opinions, in most cases, are completely irrelevant. You need to be sure to ask specific questions and you need to provide context. You need to ensure that everybody is aware of the problem that you're trying to solve. And that will encourage clear, objective and helpful feedback. And even doing that, asking so many people, you probably will still get some subjective opinions and you need to ignore those. And it will be hard, I know, but you need to weed out those people because it's just not helpful to you. Any designer providing subjective feedback on a design is an amateur, in my, in my opinion. It's not helpful to them and it's not helpful to the person who receives it. If no context or information is provided, which is sadly very, very common in design communities online, a good designer will always ask questions to understand the goals and they'll always provide feedback based on what they're aiming to do. So if you see another designer not giving feedback in that way, make it your job to politely remind them or to educate them on the best way to respond. Maybe just send them a link to this podcast because it will help them and if you are one of those who give feedback without any form of information please stop doing it and start asking questions to understand the goals so that you can be genuinely helpful yes you can provide feedback on the overall execution but how do you know if that design is even right and and worth spending the time to perfect polish and refine Asking questions will make you a better designer and them as well. So going back to asking for feedback, if you've asked a specific question, you can filter through all those responses that provide constructive feedback based on your question. Anything subjective, just ignore it because it's not helpful to you. Unless, of course, you know that person well and you respect them. In the Logo Geek community, there are designers and there's individuals who have an interest in uh, logo design at all ages, skill sets, and from different cultures and backgrounds. It's the same in any online design community for that fact. Don't give too much weight to any feedback. 
everyone has the right to opinion, but spend time to learn to get to know who you can trust, whose feedback has weight. Spend some time looking at their work and, you know, make your own call whether they're worth listening to or not. Choose who you're going to be listening to and who you can politely ignore. Not all feedback that you receive by posting in communities to a mass audience will be helpful to you. The more specific question you ask, the better quality responses that you receive, but some of it just won't be helpful. And that's just the nature of a mass audience. Because of the mass volume of feedback, it can put some people off even posting in communities, which I totally understand. And if that is you, find a few individuals that you feel that you can trust. And if you don't know anyone, look in, look in communities like the Logo Geek community and um, look at the type of feedback given. And if there's someone that you think that you can trust, maybe just share the work with that person, but still approach asking for feedback in the very same way that I've already explained in this episode. As a final segment for this episode, I know there might be some people listening that will struggle to take on board the approach discussed here because they just have no goals and they lack the information needed to present and ask for feedback in this way. So what do you need to do to get that information? Well, it falls back to what you need to do even before you started working on any design work. You must ask questions and you must understand the challenges faced. If you're working with a client that's not providing that information, it's your choice whether you work with them, but make sure that they understand the reasons why you need to know that information and hopefully they will provide it to you. But if you don't have that information at the beginning, you can't present in this way, you can't ask for feedback in this way. What you're doing is just creating a pretty picture, which is not proper design work in my opinion. So with logo design specifically, there's four key areas I like to know about. The business, the competition, the target audience, and lastly, and not everyone will agree with this, but I find it beneficial to know and understand any expectations your clients have, and I'll expand on that shortly. So questions to ask about the business are things like, what's the name of the company? Do they have a company tagline or slogan that could be relevant? What products or services do they provide? If they're not a new business startup, what's the reasons why they need a new logo? Is there any unique story behind their business? Where do they see their business in five years time? Where will this new logo be used? Could it be, you know, on a shop exterior? Could it be um, on specific products? Is there any size limitations you might have? And competition, who are their main competitors? What differentiates them from their competition? Why should their audience choose this business over the competition? And lastly, with audience, who is your target audience? And to help expand on that, I find it worth asking them to describe their ideal customer. I find it beneficial to understand what, what's the overall message that they want to communicate to their target audience. And what words do they want their audience to associate with the company? And I find that helps you understand a little bit of their personality as a company. And as mentioned before, I, I find it useful to know your client's preferences and expectations. 
whilst this is somewhat irrelevant to the overall performance of the design that you're creating, as this individual is the person that's going to be making the final choice, you really need to know that information. And knowing this before you start any design work, in the event that their ideas or opinions are completely off the mark, you can have a conversation even before you begin working on any logos to avoid wasting any time. I feel ignoring this could be the difference between getting the design agreed or not. I mean, imagine the scenario that you've worked on your business for the past 10 years and the logo is something that you might have dreamed of for years. So you're going to have a picture in your mind of exactly what you'd like to have and it's been in your mind for years. So some people will have a very specific idea in mind that they'd like to be executed. And, and I just think it's rude to completely ignore that. I think you should at least acknowledge it and at least explore that as one of the potential directions that you go. So a couple of questions that I like to ask to understand specific expectations and tastes is what brands or logos, regardless of industry, capture a similar look and feel to what you're going for. So I find that asking that helps you to understand the type of thing that they will be expecting to see. And then it's worth asking, are there any fonts, colors, images, icons that you would like to see used in that logo? And again, a twist on that question, are there any that you would like to be avoided? And I feel knowing what they want to be avoided is actually one of the most important questions because you don't want to um, unintentionally use a color that they've uh, had in their business at one point and they just don't want to use that color anymore. I think it's worth knowing these minor uh, things that could just impact them saying no to some of your uh, some of your work. So by knowing all of this information, you can make informed choices. You can then present based on that information and you can ask for feedback based on specific criteria. It will mean that your designs will be agreed faster because you're working more intelligently and you'll always receive more intelligent, more helpful and more thoughtful feedback too. So I hope this solo episode has been useful to you. Let me know your thoughts in the Logo Geek community on Facebook. It's totally free to join. And if you're not already a member, just simply head to logogeek.uk forward slash community, making sure to briefly answer the questions to ensure you're accepted into the group. If you found it useful, why not share it on social media and let me know that you enjoyed it. And uh, if you can, write a review on iTunes. Uh, that's always very much appreciated. And it just helps me to reach more people like you that could get value from these episodes this is the first proper solo episode i've done since i started the the podcast so do let me know if it's been helpful and if you want to see more content of this type so that's it for this week next week i'll be back to the usual podcast but uh, i'll be back the same time next week anyway for another exciting episode of the logo geek podcast